0: The spiritual, emotional needs that you and I face along the way in our journey, those will change from time to time. And if we walked with the Lord over time, you will have seen him make provision for you and you can tell stories of his provision.
1: Welcome to Encounter the Truth with Jonathan Griffiths. I'm Steve Hiller and Jonathan, what a great reminder that if we do know Christ and if we have walked with Him for any length of time, there will be seasons or circumstances or stories that we can look back on and see God's faithfulness, see His provision. I don't know about for you or for anybody else listening today, but for me, I find that such an encouragement to look back and to see how God has proven faithful. And it helps me as I face circumstances that may be challenging in my life right now.
0: Oh isn't that the case as we continue on in our our journey homeward as we walk with the Lord through this life waiting for uh, our eternal rest in the life to come you know we we do need to look back and and remember how the Lord has made provision for us how he's helped us through crises and difficulties And he's upheld us, and he's given us strength to endure. And as we contemplate the various challenges that are before us, known and unknown, it is the faithfulness of God in days gone by that sustains us. And of course, as believers, we not only look back on our own journey of faith and discipleship, but we look back in the Scriptures, and we see how the Lord has sustained his saints, his people, over the years, over the decades, over the centuries— and that is, that is our great reassurance that he will sustain us in the days that are to come. Well, I hope
1: you'll grab your Bible and join us in Psalm 121 as we continue our message, Lifting Up Our Eyes. Here is Jonathan.
0: When we're in situations of urgent need, it's vital to know that we are receiving help from someone who has actual power to intervene. If you face terrible injustice, you don't just need a sympathetic friend to hear your case, you need an officer of the law or even better, a judge. When you face grave illness or injury, you don't just need a concerned neighbor, you need a skilled clinician, you need a doctor, you need a specialist, you need a surgeon. When on a long journey, if your car breaks down in the middle of the night, in the middle of nowhere, you don't just need a kindly passerby. You need someone with a tow truck, someone with mechanical knowledge, someone who can provide real and substantial substantial assistance. When in the middle of life's journey, you face circumstances that threaten to overwhelm you or destroy you. Circumstances that frighten you. Circumstances that grieve you beyond any earthly comfort. You need not only, not simply sympathetic friends and listening ears. You need someone truly powerful to come to your aid. The psalmist asks himself the question, from where does my help come And the answer is this, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. This is quite a famous and familiar verse. It's been turned to song on a number of occasions and its familiarity could just blunt its force for us. But consider what's being said This one weary pilgrim on a dusty mountain road in the middle of nowhere thousands of years ago, possibly isolated, probably vulnerable, lacking protection. This pilgrim has help not in the local farmer down the road, not in the passing traveler, not in the king's agent who may from time to time patrol the roads. His help comes from the Lord himself the covenant God of Israel, the friend of his people, the protector of his children, the God who made heaven and earth. We all know that in a very unequal and sometimes very unfair world, people with good connections tend to get things done. They tend to find that things go their way. That's just life in a world isn't it where power and money talk. I've mentioned these before but some time ago I saw a a series of photographs that the White House photographer had taken of John F. Kennedy's children playing in the Oval Office. There's something quite touching about these these photographs seeing John Jr. you know poking his head out from the, the resolute desk while his father talks to someone else on the phone talking maybe with a president of another nation or having a quick word with the secretary of defense. You can maybe just picture it. But there's something quite touching about a, a child here with access to the most powerful person in the world. You and I may be a very little account in the eyes of this world. We may not be well-connected to powerful people, but if we belong to God through Jesus Christ, here's the reality, here's the wonderful truth. We have access to the throne room of heaven. Our helper is the maker of heaven and earth. We may feel that our needs are very, very big at the present time. It may be that you are facing a crisis today that you fear may overwhelm you, may derail you, may may throw your very journey off course. You may be traveling through a valley that is so deep that you think prayer has now become useless because there is no way that God can do anything with this, no way that he can intervene helpfully anymore. But here's the simple reminder the God upon whom you and I call in prayer. He is the maker of heaven and earth. I don't know if you're familiar with John Newton's hymn, Come, my soul, thy suit prepare. I don't think I've ever heard it sung, actually. But its words are somewhat familiar, and it captures well the spirit of this psalm, especially the truth of verse 2. Let me just share with you the first two verses. Newton writes this. Come, my soul, thy suit prepare. Jesus loves to answer prayer. He himself has bid thee pray. Rise and ask without delay. Thou art coming to a king. Large petitions would thee bring. For his grace and power are such. None can ever ask too much. Our help, it comes from the creator God. What would you ask of him? What need you ask of him, even today? Next, our help comes from the watchful God. Verse 3, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. It's an awful thing to be unable to sleep. Unable because you fear for your safety. Because concerns for loved ones are weighing you down. Because anxiety about circumstances and situations beyond your control are plaguing your thoughts and robbing you of peace. For us to sleep, for any of us to sleep, we need to trust that we are in safe hands, don't we? Perhaps you remember a long car journey as a child, maybe driving through the night, and and you sleep because you know that your mother or father is driving you and you know you're in good hands. Maybe you remember an overnight flight somewhere, and although you're barreling through the air at 30,000 feet and 300 miles an hour, you sleep for a few minutes at least, maybe a little longer in business class, I don't know. But you sleep. Because you have confidence that the pilot knows what they're doing. If you have a monitored home alarm system that you keep on at night. Or if there's a 24-hour security guard at the front desk in the lobby in your apartment building. It is a comfort, isn't it, at night to know that someone is keeping watch at all hours. And if you're anxious about security, that might actually make all the difference for you to be able to sleep or not sleep. Verses 3 and 4 are very full of profound comfort. And I'd like to say that there's special comfort for the sleep deprived believer. And I know there'll be many sleep deprived believers who are listening today. Maybe you are a sleep deprived believer. You and I may sleep in peace because our God in heaven above, he never sleeps, he's always awake. The one who keeps you, the one who keeps his people, notices both the psalmist and the whole of the nation that he keeps in these two verses. The one who keeps us, he never sleeps, not for a moment in all eternity. Does his energy wane or his attentiveness waver? There's no dozing off with God above. And so there is never a moment when he is not actively watching over you, not actively keeping you. And I don't, I don't know, maybe for the non-sleepers or the fitful sleepers or the anxious sleepers among us, maybe all you need today, maybe the main thing you need to take away from this message, from this psalm, is simply the comfort and the assurance of verses 3 and 4. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. And because he doesn't sleep, you and I are able to sleep.
1: This is Encounter the Truth with Jonathan Griffiths. We're going to pause the message right here, but we'll get back to it in just one moment. By the way, if you ever miss a broadcast or you join us late or you have to leave early or you just want to go back and listen to something again, you can come to our website and you can listen to each and every program online. Just stop by EncounterTheTruth.org and you can listen right there. Again, that's at EncounterTheTruth.org. Well, if you did join us late, we're in the book of Psalms. We're looking at uh, chapter 121 as we continue our message, Lifting Up Our Eyes. Here is Jonathan.
0: Our help comes from the watchful God. Next, our help comes from the sufficient God. Verse 5. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. It's amazing how conditions can change on a journey and how our needs can change. We were, we were out actually enjoying a little boat trip on the river the other day, and it, it was beautiful. It was warm. It was sunny. We needed to make sure that everyone had sunscreen on It would have been nice to have some shade in some ways, but we didn't have that. And then as we were out, quite suddenly, as happens around here in in the summer, the clouds gathered and the sky grew dark and the humid air almost seemed to electrify. And before we could make it to shore, the thunder began to rumble. The lightning appeared dramatically in the distance. And just as we reached shore, torrential rain began to fall. In the space of just a few short minutes, we went from needing shade and relief from the heat of the sun to needing shelter from the pouring rain. In our journey through life, in our pilgrimage to heaven, if we belong to Jesus, our needs change as we travel. The psalmist knew that in the heat of the Middle Eastern sun, as he walked those dusty mountain roads, he needed shade, verse 5. But then verse 6, you know, it can become punishingly cold in the hills when the sun goes down and the moon lights up the night sky. A blisteringly hot environment can be surprisingly cold and bracing, But here's the point, the very simple point. The Lord is able to make provision. The Lord is able himself to be provision for every circumstance that the traveler can face on the journey. The spiritual, emotional, financial, physical, relational needs that you and I face along the way in our journey, those will change from time to time. And if we have walked with the Lord over time, and many listening have walked with the Lord for decades and decades, if we've walked with the Lord over time, you will have seen him make provision for you and you can tell stories of his provision. You know that in all these seasons you've been through, He has been all sufficient for your every need. That's the believer's experience as we look back. That's what we know, it's what we've seen. But most of us will go through times when change now looms on the horizon, when circumstances alter, when the unexpected comes. Most of us will then go through times when we begin to fear or imagine that the God who gave shade in the sunshine of the day that is now past will not be able to give shelter when the chilling moon rises in the night's sky." And here's a simple point. Here's the truth which we we know. There's no time. There's no season. There's no circumstance in life when God, our keeper, is not sufficient to keep us. We may know that in our head. But the psalmist wants us to know it in our heart and to believe it and to walk in the good of it in the days to come. I wonder if you know and believe and trust today that God, your keeper, is sufficient for you and able to meet your needs in this stage of the journey, the stage that he has called you to walk today. It may feel impossible that he could meet the needs that you are experiencing, but his care is all-sufficient. It is all-encompassing. Our help, it comes from the sufficient God And finally, as we close, our help comes from the eternal God. Verse 7. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. We will sometimes be blessed by having wonderful helpers and advocates in life. People who are for us. People who will protect us, provide for us, advocate for us, help us. People who do so for a time but who are at some point in time no longer there. A parent or a grandparent who is just your, your shield from the world around. Or, or, or a spouse who is your supporter and encourager and counselor and companion, but then who is taken from you. A best friend who's everything for you, but then he or she moves away. Or the relationship, it cools for some reason. A supervisor at work, who is just outstanding and makes an almost impossible job possible for you. But then that supervisor gets transferred elsewhere and you're left to fend for yourself. For all the wonderful helpers we are given in life, there is no one in this world who is always there and who will always be there. No one that is but the Lord himself. He is there and he'll never be moved. He'll never be taken away. He will never change And he will never die. He is the one person who is truly able to keep you from all evil. He is able to keep your life, to hold on to it, to never let it go. He is able to keep and to guard your going out and your coming in, not only now, not only today or tomorrow, next week or next year, but what does the Psalm say? From this time forth and forevermore. He is the eternal God. He is the God who had no beginning and who will have no end. And with him on our side, with him as our friend and our shepherd and our keeper, we do have one who will never leave us nor forsake us. This is a beautiful psalm, isn't it? It's a beautiful psalm full of beautiful assurances. It is poetic in its presentation. I think it is heartwarming in its message. But I wonder if some of you some of us have been asking over these few minutes this basic question. Is it real? Is it true what the psalmist is saying? I mean it's wonderful to think of the Lord keeping us from from evil. But the truth is, you and I, we brush up against evil all the time and we sometimes feel the, the force of evil in painful ways. And we, in our stupidity, we participate in evil more than we would care to admit. It's wonderful to think of the Lord keeping our, our life. But the hard truth is, it, we, we die. That's what happens. Believers die, sometimes well before their time, it seems. Believers can even die in terrible tragedy. We're mourning a tragic loss. And so we ask, is verse 7 real? Is it true? What does it mean that the Lord will keep us from evil and will keep our very life? I've suggested before that the key to understanding the Psalms and to reading them properly is to read them as Psalms sung first and foremost by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Remember, the Psalms are, generally speaking, kingly works, mostly written, of course, by King David himself. Now, we know that Jesus Christ is the great and promised king to whom all the kings of Israel's history pointed in a profound way. And, you know, very often the New Testament picks up the words of the ancient king in the Psalms and shows us that the ancient kings were speaking on behalf of the King of kings who was to come. On a number of occasions, the words of the Psalms are found on the lips of the Lord Jesus in the New Testament or are ascribed to him. And you know, I think it does help us quite a lot to think of Jesus as the model believer, the representative believer saying the words of this Psalm. I think that gives us insight. I think it gives us understanding. Think of the Lord Jesus Christ's journey through life in this world. He faced danger and he faced trial and difficulty along the lonely path that he trod. He walked the path of obedience through a very barren landscape, needing deliverance, just as the psalmist cried out for deliverance in Psalm 120, with his eyes fixed not just on the the earthly Jerusalem, But the Jerusalem above, with his eyes fixed on the joy that was set before him, as we're told. And as the Lord Jesus journeyed through life in this world, the Father cared for him, didn't he? He cared for him not in such a way that he escaped mockery and abuse and suffering and pain and even death itself. But the Father protected him and provided for him in such a way that the Father's will for the Lord Jesus was perfectly accomplished and entirely fulfilled. The father's good plans for the son were in no way undermined by the forces of evil or the schemes of man. His life was not destroyed by the grave. But the Father kept him from the grip of the enemy. He kept his life safe even as he went down into death. The Father kept his going out and his coming in, as the psalmist says. And looking at the life of Jesus, looking at the death and the resurrection of Jesus, we learn in a profound way what this psalm means. And what it looks like for the believer. It is not a promise to escape suffering. Or difficulty. Or trial. Or death. It is a promise that God the Father will carry us through those things. In such a way that we will be fundamentally unharmed. In such a way that his plans and purposes for us will not be undone. In such a way that we will arrive safely at our destination even at his courts above. Friends, I don't know how the journey is going for you today. I don't know what you are facing or experiencing in that journey at the present time. But I do know that if you belong to the Lord through faith in Jesus, Psalm 121 is your psalm. It is your promise. It is your Confidence and it is your comfort today.
1: Jonathan Griffiths here on Encounter the Truth, wrapping up our message, lifting up our eyes, a look at Psalm 121. And if you missed any part of today's broadcast or any previous broadcast in the series, you can come and listen online. Our website is encounterthetruth.org. There you can stream the program or download an mp3 for free. You can also listen if you have the Encounter the Truth app. That's free, and you're going to find that app at your app store. Well, here at Encounter the Truth, we want to help you walk in a manner that is worthy of the gospel. And Jonathan has picked out a book along those lines. In fact, it's called Worthy. It's written by Sinclair Ferguson. And in this book, Ferguson explains the importance of living worthy of the gospel why and how we so often forget this and then how we can cultivate that kind of life and then the difference between biblical obedience and legalism. And again, we'd love to send you a copy of this book as our way of saying thank you for your financial support. Find out more or give online at EncounterTheTruth.org or call us at 833-99-TRUTH. That's 833-998-7884 or EncounterTheTruth.org. You can also write us at encounterthetruth twenty one seventy six. Prince of Wales Drive, Ottawa, Ontario, 2KE 0A1. Or in the U.S., at Encounter the Truth, 215 North Arlington Heights Road, number 102, Arlington Heights, Illinois, 60004. For Jonathan Griffiths, I'm Steve Hiller. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time.